Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries of First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. So, hey, it's so great to be with you this morning, and I add my welcome to Shell's welcome. And I'm, I'm grateful that you're here in the sanctuary. I will say that now, as I've been traveling more in, everywhere I go, I, I like to go look at churches. And I think our Heinz Hall for a gathering space, for a contemporary space, is among the best I've been in. I always like to see all the spaces, and I'm very proud of that space, and I'm, I'm so happy. But I appreciate you all coming down and, and sitting in the sanctuary this morning. It's just kind of like old times, isn't it? If we just all had masks on. No, 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 that's that's too soon, too soon. So I'm grateful to be sharing a message with you this morning. Uh, As Pastor Michelle said, this is my my first series, um, and I appreciate her letting me take that lead. This series is a series I call Living the Dream, by which I mean living the dream that God dreams for us, for his people here on earth. And how are we living into that? And so today, because we're celebrating the sanctuary, we're looking back and and thinking about those people who came before us, our forebearers, and how they lived into that dream and the results of that. And then next Sunday, we'll be thinking about where we are today because we're not in the same place we were. We're kind of in a new spot, I think. And that's worth us thinking about and dwelling. How are we living into that dream? And then Finally, I'm kind of excited. The third uh, Sunday is projection where we're saying, how are we going to live into this dream going forward? And we're going to do something we haven't done. We're going to have a conversation between Pastor Michelle and myself. And maybe we'll keep this rug up here and we'll put some ferns and that kind of thing. We're going we're gonna to have a, just a very kind of informal conversation about that. So that uh, those are the things that are coming up just for you to know. So I... Gave some of you a um, quiz with five questions that are inserted that I left with you. And so be thinking about these questions. There will not be a quiz at the end of the service. Today, I just wanted us to turn our thoughts just to those people who came before us. And I wanted to talk a little bit about this space. It's, an, it's kind of an amazing space. And if you want to know more about this space, I suggest you talk to Johnny Haney, who gave me an awful lot of this information, and uh, I'm, I'm really encouraging him to write a book about getting this all down in black and white so we can remember our history, because it's a very long history. When I think about our forebearers, our good folks, um, let me read a passage of scripture to kind of set us up uh, to think about that. So listen for the word of God contained in these holy scriptures. This is from Joshua. Chapter 4, verse 21 through 24. He said to the Israelites, In the future, your children will ask their parents, What about these stones? Then you will let your children know, Israel crossed over the Jordan here on dry ground. This was because the Lord your God dried up the water of the Jordan before you until you crossed over. This was exactly what the Lord your God did to the Reed Sea. He dried it up before us until we crossed over. This happened so that all the earth's people might know that the Lord's power is great and that you may always revere the Lord your God. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's join our hearts in a quick word of prayer. 
Holy God, we invite your spirit into our worship this morning. Grant us a deeper knowledge of who you are and your desires and dreams to work in our lives. Speak through me this morning, holy God, so that because of me or in spite of me, your will may be known to your people. We pray in the name of Jesus, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. So this passage of scripture causes me to think about the meaning of the sanctuary. Literally, these stones in which we sit this morning. Some of the more poetic translations use the phrase, what mean these stones? I like that phrase, what mean these stones? So I'm thinking about that in terms of the stones we're surrounded by. So after crossing the Jordan, the children of Israel had a lot to do. God had said, take the promised land, but there happened to be a tribe of giants there and they were preparing for battle. But they took the time to create a memorial so they could teach their children and their children's children about the mercy and the provision of God. This is not unlike the people called Methodists who came before us and who created this memorial, these stones, this sanctuary. There has been a Methodist church on this corner since 1858. Does anybody care to guess, and you can just shout this out, Anybody care to guess how many different church buildings have been on this corner? You can't answer this question over here, Johnny Handy. But, but anybody else? Anybody can, can anybody tell me? Yes, sir. There have been four. There have been four uh, church buildings on this corner since 1858. About 1830, Methodism came to Benton County, and then a group of people got together to build a church, which is kind of how that happens. And another thing I want to point out, and this is in your quiz if you're following along. Does anybody know what artifact is in this sanctuary that's been in all four sanctuaries from 1858 to today? Yep, I see some fingers pointing. Our bell in our bell tower has been in every sanctuary that's been on this corner. So during the Civil War, this church burned, and it's, it's cloudy, you know, in the fog of war, but there is a possibility that members of this church torched this building so the Union Army couldn't use it. So that gives us a little clue. We haven't always been maybe on the right side on this corner. So during the uh, Civil War, the folks in this congregation were affiliated with the Methodist Episcopal Church South. I have some beautiful hymnals. I have one that someone just recently gave me from 1909 that is before this church, from the, published by the Methodist Episcopal Church South. We split. Can you imagine Methodist splitting? That's, that's ridiculous. We split. So there was, some, there was another group of Methodists over. They had a church building on B Street, which is no longer there. And they were just part of the Methodist Episcopal South. And there was an African Methodist Episcopal Church. But you still, the building is still here in Bentonville. So this sanctuary that was built after the Civil War, just a few years after the Civil War, burned, not by being burned down, but just burned in 1891. However, the west wall over here remains standing, and in 1900, a sanctuary was built, and they used that existing west wall. So I'd like to share some pictures. The first picture, that is the the sanctuary that was built using the existing west wall in 1900. So the silver chalice that you see here 
is dated 1870, Bentonville Methodist Church, and this was found under the floorboards of a closet in this building, wrapped in a cloth by Ben Hines, Reverend Ben Hines. And I really want to know the story. How did that chalice, which would have been in the second sanctuary, so it's been in all three of our sanctuaries, how did that wind up wrapped in a cloth under some closet floorboards? I don't know that, but I'd like to know that. So finally, we come to this sanctuary we sit in now. The congregation stepped out in faith and tore down the 1900 sanctuary and built this sanctuary, which we currently sit. This is in the early 50s. Does anybody know where the good people who met here met for worship while this building was under construction? Oh, I see a hand over there, but I'm guessing you're not old enough to know that. <laughs> let, me, let me show you a picture here. This is a picture of where we met. Can you give me that second picture up there? So that is at the Plaza Movie Theater, which we now know as the Meteor Gallery, which is right around here on Central Street. So notice that pulpit in the front. I don't know if you can really see it in this picture, but it's this same pulpit. This pulpit was from the 1900 sanctuary, so they just moved that over there. So they kind of stepped out on faith. They tore down that building. They met for a good while in the movie theater on Sunday morning. And now we're in this place among these stones. So I do want to share with you a picture, a picture of the interior and just, oh wow, look at how clean and beautiful that looks. So the pastor that came to help this congregation build was Reverend Hubert Pierce, and he was a wonderful carpenter. And he helped construct most of the woodwork that we see. We're not sure exactly how much. We know that he did that front piece there that used to cover the choir. That's Reverend Hubert Pierce. So the stained glass windows that we see, depicting the life of Christ, these were ramrodded or organized by Reverend Pierce's wife, Lucille Pierce. And she took sketches of these windows to a company in Springdale and had these windows made. Now, there are eight memorial windows, and I'd encourage you to look. Each window has a little plaque that tells who that memorial is for, and they're really some names that you, some of us will recognize as people who still go here. Some of their descendants still go here. We can't see all this beautiful stained glass sitting here. So any guesses how many stained glass windows are in this building in total? Does anybody know? I'm sorry? 15. That's really close. I would, I, I would give you partial credit for that. It's actually 14 windows are in here. So these are eight, and then there's two up in the balcony that don't have a picture. There's two in the balcony that you can see if you go up the stairs that have these beautiful pictures. It's Jesus walking on the water, pulling Peter up, and then the one on this side over here is the Good Shepherd. The one you really don't see is something that I call the crow's nest. And I kind of hate that it's up there because it's really beautiful. It's a smaller window, but it's the Christ the King window. Beautiful colors, beautiful emblems. So I encourage you if you want to meander up there into the crow's nest sometime, take a look at that. It's really beautiful. Now, as you can imagine, I really, I struggle with this because I got a lot of information on the history of this church, and it's a very long history. But what I think is really important as we reflect on this place is the question that the Israelite children ask about the memorial that Joshua built. What is the meaning of these stones? There were many, many good people who came to this area who led worship, 
who taught Sunday school, filled positions on various committees, helped with vacation Bible schools. In other words, they lived their lives. They did the good things they could do, and they celebrated this community. Community is the key to the Methodist faith. John Wesley called his early groups of Methodist connections. As the United Methodist pastor and writer Belton Joyner has written, there's a pattern throughout the Bible. God gives the gift of faith ordinarily within community. God gives the gift of sustaining means of grace within community. God gives a setting for living out the faith within community. I think about these people from our past, especially when we're singing one of those historic hymns on Sunday morning and the congregation is singing and the band is singing and we're really into it, we have fervor in it, and I think how many times has this old hymn been sung in this place in worship? I believe the message we can take from these remembrances of our forebearers for us today is for us to look for ways to serve and not in big earth-shattering ways. We're in this sanctuary this morning because the work of countless souls who supported this community by doing what they could to move us forward while raising children and working a job and coming to church socials and potlucks and helping in the community with those who are in need. But they supported this community with their prayers and their presence and their gifts and their service. The American sociologist Howard Becker uses the analogies of a fish, or the scales of a fish, rather. So a small ax that pull together add up to a vibrant community. In our case, a community of praise and worship. If we think of those folks who've come before us, this great cloud of witnesses, it leads me to our second scripture lesson this morning. It's a passage from Revelations chapter 19, verse 5 through 8. Listen for the word of God. Then a voice went out from the throne and said, Praise our God, all you his servants, and you who fear him, both great and small. And I heard something that sounded like a huge crowd, like rushing water and powerful thunder. And they said, Hallelujah, the Lord our God, the Almighty, exercised his royal power. Let us rejoice and celebrate and give him the glory. For the wedding day of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. She has been given fine, pure white linen to wear, for the fine linen is the saints' acts of justice. This great cloud of witnesses clothed in this fine linen representing their acts of justice is our inspiration this morning. May God grant each of us the grace to continue to love and support this community as we move into a new year. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at fumcbentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. 
We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.